0: See, the world is trying to sell people confidence because confidence sells, because everybody wants it. They want to feel a certain way when the truth is the only way you gain confidence about something is doing it.
1: Hello and welcome to the 30 Second Book Club podcast, a place for people who want to read more books and be in book clubs, but don't have time to do either. And right now, well, you really can't be in a physical book club, so that this is even more helpful. And I think this book is going to really help uh, right now during this time, too. Uh, Jennifer Allwood is here with her book, Fear is Not the Boss of You. How to get out of your head and live the life you were made for. You know, we had scheduled this interview for a while, and you, I know you've been working on this book for a while. Yeah. And with what's going on right now, what a perfect time for people <laughs> to have that reminder.
0: Who knew, right? <laughs> but- <laughs> Right. It's the craziest story. And, and thank you for having me. So I, and what's really interesting, so I wrote Fear's Not the Boss of You um, last summer. And it's an interesting way that the book world works. Um, books are only released in the spring and in the fall. You don't release a book in the summer or over the winter. And because this is an election year, um, the fall was kind of out because you never want to release a book right around the time of an election. Just because your Facebook feed is you know full of politics, it's hard to get the attention of people. So we actually had the option. Of Do you want to launch the book now in spring of 2020 or wait a full year? And if I launched it now, I had to write the book in six weeks. And I was like, oh, gosh, we've got four kids. and It's the middle of summer. And I don't know. But I just kind of felt like God kept saying it's a now book. It's a book for right now. It's for now. So we went ahead and wrote it. And, um, and now I'm so glad because I think the timing is so perfect for what people in America need right now.
1: Absolutely. So we're just going to just jump right into this. And there's so much I highlighted, and I'm going to just try to get to it as much as we can in a 15 minute Yeah, interview. that's great. Sure. Uh, let's start with this. Uh, you talk about being overwhelmed drinking from the water hose of life. I think yeah. a lot of people maybe are feeling that. I mean, I know you're talking kind of uh, from the perspective of maybe having too many choices. Um, well,
0: I'm also talking about just busy mom yeah. of, you know, four children. We have three um, bilateral children. We're in the process of adopting a five-year-old, um, which is really super crazy because we have a senior getting ready to go to college. So, you know, we're bookending. We have <laughs> one leaving the nest and one that's just starting. And so that feels overwhelming. I run a business from home. My husband works at home with me. We coach um, or I coach and uh, he helps me run the business. Um, well over 2000 women every single month. So that feels big. And so I think there's just a a lot, you know, with a lot of kids and a business and life is busy. I mean, I don't know of anybody that's like, underwhelmed right now. Do you?
1: Mm, no. Nope.
0: <laughs> and so, you know, I think we're all just taking stuff in and it does sometimes feel like you're drinking from a water hose. You just, you know, there's so much coming at you at any given time that it feels very overwhelming. And so I wrote fear is not the boss of you for women who feel completely overwhelmed. And just like you said, feel like just so much is coming at them because a lot of times overwhelm will lead to doing nothing. When you have so many options and there's so many things you need to be doing, often you'll do nothing and then you end up feeling stuck. And, um, and so people, I find women are either one of two things usually. they're either either um, overwhelmed and stuck or they're completely terrified and, um, and either of those you know, have their own things that go along with that.
1: It's the name of a song that we that I play on the station a lot. Uh, Zach Williams sings Fear is a liar and you talk about, That fear is a liar in in your chapter in one of your chapters as well. Just talk a little bit about more about fear, especially right now. You know, of course.
0: Sure. Well, and you know, I think that it's so easy for people to say, you know, don't fear, punch fear in the face. Like, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? (laughs) I, I don't. I don't even know what punch fear in the face even means. And so, in the book, fear is not the boss of you. I really encourage women to to understand a couple of things. Number one, we all have things we're scared of. We all have things that trigger us, that keep us stuck, that keep us from living life not to the fullest. We all have things that make us want to run in the other directions, opportunities that come our ways. We have dreams in our heart that maybe God has planted that make us, you know, they feel big, they feel scary, they feel overwhelmed. So fear is not something that just you feel or just you feel. This is something we all deal with. And so I really talk in the book about how I think it's important, you know, that every single person has fear about different things and that it's okay to acknowledge that something's scary. It's okay to acknowledge that it's hard, but that can't keep you stuck there. Like, I think we give way too much, um, Oh, what do I want to say? We let our feelings control so much of what we do in life because so many women will say, Well, I'm just so scared to start a business. Well, I don't know if that's a good enough reason to not do something you feel like you're supposed to be doing or that God's calling you to do. There's people who are like, Oh gosh, I just, I really want to, uh, you know, move to another state, but I'm just so scared. Well, I don't know that scared is a good enough reason to to not do things. I think it's important we acknowledge the fear. We notice that it's there. We feel all the feelings, but we keep moving forward anyway. Because I, I, what I know from coaching so many women in business every month is so many people are stuck thinking that the fear is going to leave. Like I'm going to feel confident and ready to go any minute now. And as soon as I quit feeling scared feel confident, then I'm going to start the adoption paperwork, then I'm going to apply for my first home loan, then I'm going to start back to college as a middle aged adult. It's then I'm gonna after I feel a certain way. And the truth is, I don't, I don't know that there's any guarantee that we'll ever not feel scared. And so I think it's important that you realize you're scared. Yep. So is everybody else. But the people who are really like making a difference on this side of heaven, and they're showing up for their communities and their families, and they're doing big, hard and scary things that God's asking them to do. They're not waiting until their feelings line up with their instructions. They're doing it in spite of their fear.
1: And I thought this was really interesting, Jennifer. You have an entire chapter talking about confidence not being the goal. And I think so often we we think, oh, well, we just need to have more self-confidence. And then we would go do those things you just said. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, and I originally a little secret here that I'm sure um, you'll keep just between you and I, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, But originally that chapter was entitled uh, confidence is a crock of crap. And my publisher's (laughs) like, okay, Jen, we got to simmer that down. And I'm like, fine, but it still doesn't have the same punch that it did. So listen, confidence may or may not be something you ever have or feel see the world is trying to sell people confidence because confidence sells because everybody wants it they want to feel a certain way when the truth is the only way you gain confidence about something is doing it it may be being horrible but realizing you didn't die doing it again maybe still be horrible but you realize you didn't die until you get to a place where you're like okay i'm confident in god I'm confident that I'm not going to die. I may or may not ever be confident in my skills, but I'm going to keep showing up anyway. And so, so many people are waiting for confidence. And what I want women to really like grasp is you just need guts. You just need some courage because it's courage. that will make you like, go ahead and have your first conference, even though you don't want to, it'll make you offer a Bible study, even though, you know, you've never done that before. Courage is the thing that that your kids will sit and watch mom demonstrate. Um, and they will, when they watch mom be confident about, or not confident, but be courageous about things she's doing in her life, it gives them the confidence that they're going to need to be courageous in their life as well. So it really is courage is something that has to be modeled, and confidence may or may, may never come on the other side of that. But I see women waiting years and years and decades and decades until they feel confident about something. And who knows if you'll ever feel confident. I give the example in the book, Andy, about um, me doing a triathlon for my 40th birthday. And I'm not an athlete. And um, the reason I wanted to do a triathlon is because I didn't know how to swim. And I hired a swim instructor at age 39. It's been a year learning how to swim just like a child would. And I was horrible. I was absolutely terrible. Um, And I wasn't confident about doing a triathlon, but I got in the water and I swam. And I didn't die, and so I signed up for another triathlon six weeks later. And I still had uh, i had a panic attack in the first triathlon, I had a panic attack in the second one when I was swimming. I've now done 10 triathlons in eight years and I've had a panic attack in the water on every single one of them. So am I a confident swimmer? No, I'm not, but I'm still just courageous enough to keep getting back into the water.
1: Talking with uh, Jennifer Allwood, her book is called Fear Is Not The Boss Of You. And I hope people don't take offense to this when I say this, Jennifer, you have to read the book to find out more, but, but you compare us, uh, to elephants.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Why is that? Well, okay. So cool thing about elephants. And when you have kids in kindergarten, by the way, you learn a lot of things about animals, zoo animals. (laughs) So elephants, when they are, um, young and smaller, you know, child elephants, they're, um, they're trained by being like tied up with a rope to a fence post or to a tree or to whatever. That's how trainers keep them confined. Well, elephants, as you know, they grow quickly and they get huge really fast. I mean, even baby elephants are huge. But the bigger an elephant gets, actually the smaller the rope that you have to use to confine the elephant. Like you would think, okay, it's now thousands of pounds. We would need something huge, a huge treat, when in actuality you can tie up um, – An adult elephant that's been in confinement all of its life with just a rope and a little twig and the elephant will not pull away. And it's because it thinks that it's more stuck than it is. It thinks that it can't get away from something when it actually is just so close to freedom. If it would just try, if it would just try. And so I talk in Fear is Not the Boss of You about how so many of us have put ourselves into that like elephant scenario Um, without meaning to, but we're so close to just being able to break free from some things, maybe the way you were raised, maybe different ways of thinking, maybe, um, you know, different poor mindsets that you have. We're so close to like being able to break free from some things and do what we want to do. But we like the elephant. We think that we're stuck here and we think this is all the better it's going to get. And we think we can't get away from anything when freedom is just so close. If we will just start moving in the direction that God has for us.
1: Moving in the direction of God has for you a part of that is uh, talking about you talk about this, that if you would just let go of mm-hmm. that one thing. Yes. <laughs> what thing should we let go of and how do we do that?
0: Well, I, I use the example of myself over and over and over in fear is not the boss of you. And I, I give the example of um, a friendship of a dear woman that I went to church with. We were family friends. we had been friends for many, many years. And I lost the friendship of that woman. Um Many years ago now, it was devastating to me. I was heartbroken. And it was one of those weird things, Andy, that it's like embarrassing to even talk about. But if you've got women who are listening here and they've ever lost the friendship of a woman that was really meaningful to them, I think if we're honest, they'll be able to understand this. It was something that I thought about all the time. Every day, I can't believe she left this friendship. I couldn't believe we both loved Jesus and we couldn't do this better. I can't believe that we didn't handle it better. I can't believe that she doesn't want to be friends anymore. You know, we lived in the same community. We shopped at the same grocery store. Our kids went to the same school, which made everything even weirder. And we had many, many mutual friends, and so there was a lot of like weird dynamics that just were very painful. And so for three years, I feel like I was really obsessed about this, um, thinking about it every day. Like if I out in public, I want to make sure I look cute in case I see her and It's so gross for me to even like verbalize right now. But when you're in the middle of being stuck, like you don't even realize how gross some of your actions are until you look back later and you've gotten out of that. And so I talk in the book about how I was driving to Target where a lot of really good things happen. And I was thinking about the loss of that friendship. And this was three years ago. And I literally heard God so clearly. I heard the Holy Spirit. It was like I was sitting in the car next to me. And this is what I heard. Jennifer, I have got so much for you. If you will just let go of that. And it was almost like a, you know, dash of hot or cold water to the face or like a slap across the face. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, okay. basically, what I heard God saying was, Jen, it is well past time that you get over this because it's consuming you. And I can't give you what is rightfully yours until you get over that and get on with your life. You've got other things that you need to be focused on. And I made the decision right there on Highway 152 on the way to Target that day. I had to like lay that down. And I give some practical examples of how I laid that down in the book. But it was after that, that really like my business in the online space exploded. My platform in the online space exploded. Um, Conversations started happening about a book. And I didn't even know that I would even bring that into it. But because I was like holding on to that grief and that hurt and that bitterness, and that unforgiveness so tightly until I let go of that, like God really, there was no room in my hands for anything else. Mm.
1: So good. So good. Uh, Again, the book is called fear is not the boss of you. One last question, just because, you know, we've been talking about, you know, don't let fear be the boss, Uh, step forward in faith. And then, and then you have a chapter that says the only way you're going to know what to do, because you might be asking now, okay, Jennifer, what do I actually do?
0: Mm, Yeah. Oh, I love this chapter. I love this chapter because You know, when I coach a lot of entrepreneurs, they're always asking me for advice. And of course, I give it to them. But I always end by saying this. If you are a person of faith, like the best business manager you have, the best business coach you have is God. Like you need to go and you need to pray. But here's the thing. I think in America, we have been taught to pray. We've been taught to go to church. We've been taught to pray. What we haven't been taught is how to hear. And the world is constantly like clamoring for, you know, our attention right now in so many areas. Our phones are dinging from Facebook and they're dinging from Instagram and you're getting emails and it's noisy. Everything's so busy and loud. And it's really hard in the year 2020, I think, to settle ourselves and get quiet because it's like this. Um, My husband and I have been married for 23 years. If Jason came to me every morning with his laundry list of things that he wanted done, you know, I'd like to do this around the house and this around the house and this in the business and this with the kids. And he just kind of dumped that on me every day and then turned and walked out of the room. Like that wouldn't feel like much of a marriage. It wouldn't feel like much of a relationship. And I feel really convicted that I did that to God for years and years and years. I would come to him every morning with my laundry list of please heal this kiddo of an ear infection and this one, you know, make sure they stay pure. And will you um, help my mom and her move across the country? And thank you, Jesus. And, go, and I would go about my day, but I would never stop long enough to pray and, and to be still and to hear back from God on what he wanted from me. And so I talk in that chapter of Fear's Not the Boss of You about be getting still, how to get still and how to hear the voice of the Lord because that will change everything. It's shocking to me, Andy, how many people are Christians and have never heard from the Lord. And I tell you what, if that's you and you have never heard from God or felt like God was sitting next to you on a trip to Target in the car, I encourage you just to get the book and just literally turn to that chapter because hearing from the Lord changes everything.
1: If you have a difficult mother-daughter relationship next week, uh, this hopefully will help you out a book called Mended. Dr. Helen McIntosh and her daughter Blythe Daniel have a whole bunch of tools in their book to help you restore what needs mended. That's next week.